Welcome back. So we have to have a little commercial break. And if you are interested in being a sponsor of the show, do reach out at support at sacredwalker.net to learn more. So while we're waiting for Alethea to join us, why did I choose to bring this topic up in the first place? And how does it tie to the Limitless Mastermind retreat and group coaching that we are about to have? I found that for me personally, when I was both a caretaker for my parent who is an amazing woman who happened to love and be a fellow Whitney Houston lover. When I happened to be taking care of her, as well as taking care of my sister at the time when she had moments where she was struggling with various forms of illness, um, I found that sometimes I just needed an exhale. I needed a circle of people who I did not have to explain myself to. I felt like I can belong and let my hair down. And so whether you are caretaking an elder parent, whether you are caretaking a child, or whether you are just experiencing moments where people in your life act like children, y'all, let's get real. We sometimes need that exhale space. And so I've put together a group coaching experience to help you to feel centered, to feel cared for, to feel supported, and to walk in the room with confidence, but also to be able to behind the scenes, be able to take care of your inner sanctuary and your inner home. And so I wanted to make sure that we carve out that space for you to regularly tune in and to be able to say, you know what, this space is built just for me. And we have fun, y'all. We have party time, let our hair down time, and also time to really build daily habits that stick with accountability. So you don't have to worry about starting something and not finishing it. We're right there hand in hand with you. And then we take you away in a nice getaway. So whether you can join in person in New York or whether you are someone who is wanting to join hybrid, do check out selfloveforeverydaysuperheroes.com to learn more. So without further ado, I'm going to bring the expert in so that we can have a conversation today about what it looks like when you are caretaking a child or an elder, but she's going to bring in a perspective of the child's perspective or the person who you are caring for, because it's important to know that you might have been someone who went through that yourself. And we really want to have some context for how to be a support, no matter what side of the tracks you were on. So without further ado, I welcome to the show, Alethea Cador. Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Yes, you are coming in loud and clear. I was just introducing you on the show here. We are so glad to have you. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me again. Wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now what y'all need to know is that we are truly limitless, y'all. We are truly flying in superhero style because this is not the first. This is not the second, but this is the third time. Three <laughs> times is a charm. So we knew that we needed to make sure to have you back as the powerhouse you were. And I was just talking about why this topic is so important. So before we dive in, Alethea. We are, before we start, we always start with a little, a little, you know, letter to ourselves. So if, if you could have a, a song, think of a song that comes to mind that would describe something that you have moved through or maybe a mood this morning, that would help me understand, help listeners understand what song would describe a part of your story 
or part of how you're feeling right now, what would that song be? Hold on, let me oh, do the drum roll. I don't know. <laughs> it's so interesting because I posted this song this morning, but it's one of my favorites by Capleton called Raggy Road. Road okay. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. For those who are listening, don't know Raggy Road is is about having you you're having a Raggy Road experience. Talk, tell us a little bit more. What does that mean? What is that song about? Well, I mean, he just talks about his journey of um, you know, going through some trials and tribulations and how, you know, he's on this path, you know, that he's trotting the road for the wrong, longest while. So he's just saying, you know, I've been through a lot. And I'm still going through it, but hey, it just seems like, you know what, even though if things are hard right now, it's going to get better in the end. And I really like the way that he sings it too, you know, because he really yeah. sings it with a lot of compel, com, you know, that compelling type of voice where, oh my gosh, things are so rough right now. It's so hard, but you know what, I'm going to get through it. And I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And as someone, people who know me, Love Nation tuning in, people who know me, I love music and the way it can speak to your spirit, especially those overcoming songs. I don't know if you know this song, chime in below, comment (laughs) below, put your song. You know what song came to mind when you said that? Survival Story. Um, Oh, yeah. Survival Story, yes, by Baby Sham and Alicia Keys. (laughs) That version. I was like, I remember those days when hell was my home and me and Mama Ben was a thick piece of foam. I was like, (laughs) although I did not have a foam for our bed, however, (laughs) that song speaks into my spirit. So, yeah, yeah, man, I used to share a room and I used to share a bed. So, (laughs) I know what that's like. Trust me. Room. Come on now. But listen, this is why we have to feel like a million bucks from the inside out because we've been you know, through some stuff. That's, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this is why I have you on as an amazing guest because you can really resonate with the feeling of, you know, we've been through some stuff and we're still here. So let's, that's right. So as, as true survivors now, you know, what are some misconceptions that people have? about surviving mental illness because in the Caribbean, let's be real, whether you're Caribbean or not, we have all kinds of misconceptions about mental illness, about your child having mental illness or your parent having mental illness. And as we gear up for Mother's Day, and you may be somebody who is brand new or maybe you're someone who's very familiar. Maybe you're in health and human service, but you're navigating other people's stereotypes. Let's get mm-hmm. real. Especially if you have a spiritual background. What are some of the misconceptions mm-hmm. that people have about having a child with mental illness on any level? What have you heard? Well, the first thing is that it's a generational curse that the parents did something in their former life. And uh, it was passed through utero onto the child. (laughs) And, you know, there are some, you know, um, communities that really believe that the sins of the parents do get transferred onto the children. So um, I like people to just know that, you know what, that that's a myth. 
because sometimes, uh, depending on what the illness is, yes, yeah, some of it could be uh, genetic and predetermined, right? But then there's other parts where because of the situation and the conditions that we're living in today, um, mental illness can happen to anybody at any time. It doesn't really have a gender. It doesn't have a specific community. Um, it can just happen to anybody. And the second thing that I find, especially when it comes to young people, that for some reason people will say, oh, they'll grow out of it. And, you know, I just want to say that sometimes depending on the diagnosis, it could be progressive, just like when we're getting into our older stages, sometimes some illnesses can be progressive. That means that even though it could be detected at an early age, depending on what's happening, it could um, progress and it could um, shorten the lifespan of that individual. And then mm-hmm. the third thing- before, before you jump in, I'm going to jump yeah. in on that just so that we can yeah. have people get a chance. Because if you haven't done so yet, comment below if you have your own misconceptions or if you've even heard these or experienced these yourself. And don't forget the third point. But I want to jump in for a moment yeah. on that one. I think that's so important. What you just said, those two things, those big gem droppers right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. If we say the first thing for people to think about, all right, wait a minute. Hold on now. Is it is it my fault? That comes up a lot. Is it something that it's, it, there's, there's definitely history of that, of feeling like, okay, is it in our family line? And because we have such high rates in communities of color, historically excluded executives, when you're working so hard can feel like, did I miss the signs? Did I do something wrong? Was that my neglect? And if you in your heart of hearts know that you're doing the best that you can as a parent, sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves to feel like, oh my gosh, I th- I did not catch X, Y, and Z. And we can either blame ourselves or maybe if we were a child, we got blamed if we had ADHD, we were neurodivergent, et cetera. So mm-hmm. there is definitely that misconception of, okay, whose fault is it? Because sometimes it's biological, chemical imbalance, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. sometimes it is environment. Sometimes the environment is difficult and we cope the best way that we can. So I just appreciate that because I know growing up for me, my mom struggled with mental health challenges, even mm-hmm. though she was an amazing woman. And because growing up, we don't have a language for that. I would say to myself, I, I wonder why she's isolating. I wonder why she's pulling away. And mm-hmm. I know many people go through that where they don't always know the red flags. So they yeah. mistake that for being the that that for being the norm. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you breaking it down. And then the second mm-hmm. one, repeat again the second one where you said. Bring it again. Let me see if I can remember the second one. The second one, I think I talked about um generational. Generational. Uh, and then I talked mm-hmm. about the fact that sometimes it could be something like we said, based on environment, because there are social yes. determinants, right? Yes. That can cause it. So it could be your environment. It could be the community that you're living in, um, especially if it's in a community where there's a lot of high hypervigilance and a lot of high stress in the environment, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. maybe you're seeing a lot of disparity um, yes. and it also can affect you. Absolutely. And you know, I appreciate what you're saying because let me tell y'all, because we get real, real talk on this show, okay? Mm-hmm. As someone who um, grew up in an environment with traditional healers, whether you grew up Christian, whether you grew up Buddhist, whether you grew up Muslim, we all have ideas in our world about good and evil. 
And last night, I decided to watch Megan. That show with a little baby doll who's a modern AI version of Chucky where the doll head twists around and run, run people down like dog. When I tell you, I know people are tuning in like on LinkedIn Live, like, are we talking about Megan right now? Yes. Why is this important? Because there are definitely misconceptions that when a child is struggling with mental health challenges, there have been so many histories around feeling like, what kind of evil has taken on my child? Or is the child going to become similar to the Megan doll where they become this other experience or being? And there's sometimes this very extreme form, which I, you know, I've seen all kinds of layers, but there's a very extreme form. And there was a scene in Megan where she lost her parents and she started to act out. Mm-hmm. And she got attached to this jaw because she just wanted to feel connected and cared for. And so I love the fact that you're talking about environment. What are the things that you've seen that were not horror movie, right? But real life. What are some of the things that you've seen in the children that you've worked with that have informed their environment that people don't always think about? Like, oh, this might impact a child's or an elder who kind of becomes like our children when they're older affects their mental health. Absolutely. And the one thing that I see with young people under the age of 15, um, who might not have the ability to express their full range of emotion, acting out doesn't necessarily mean that they have bad behavior. Acting out is also a red flag that you need to pay attention to something that is going on with your child because angry outburst, yes, some people are upset, but also that could be a predetermined uh, characteristic of depression. And, you know, for us, we would look at it as adults, as someone that's sad, withdrawn, not able to feel comfortable participating in any activity. So they tend to isolate themselves where young people, um, because of the fact that they might not have the full vocabulary acting out brings attention, not only to the fact of the behavior, but for some underlying issues that may be occurring with the child. So I always tell parents, um, if you do have young children and you see some rages of anger, you know, you have to check in with them because it could also be masking a sadness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so now we need to talk about healthy boundaries with that too, because I know for a fact, I remember there was a parent because, you know, we do work with historically excluded executives. There was a parent who I was working with when I was running a young adult uh, counseling program out in San Francisco before we launched the Limitless Leaders Mastermind. And there was a parent who was struggling with her child acting out. But at the time, she did not realize that her child was autistic and her child was hitting her. Now, here's the catch-22. We need to begin to look at some layers to this, generational layers, because this happened in Megan last night, too. Well, all of a sudden, the child turned around and that child pick up her hand and call upon herself to put her hand across her parent face. And I said, oh my gosh, this, this is, okay, this is definitely not a Caribbean. However, I, this is a little Caribbean, hold on, let me put a little Caribbean, Caribbean, uh, little Caribbean joke, okay? Okay? Because I had a moment where I was like, oh, wait up, what, what, is, what, is, what is happening here? But I had to realize that we have to begin to talk openly about those painful things that happen behind the scenes when acting out is different from we need to get support when we feel like 
Is your child ever getting harming you, um, reacting? And we genuinely do not feel like we have control over the situation and we feel peaceless. It's super important that you do not move alone. You do not, you know, kind of feel like you have to hold it all in alone. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so tell me, you know, since we're diving into this discussion, what is another challenge? Because I'm bringing up the challenges of like navigating, having a healthy boundary and getting support if something ever becomes physical, because that is something that can happen when you are navigating the different impulses that a teenager that is still working with a child's brain is not an adult yet, but has the growing up may have the strength of an adult. There's a lot of layers to that. What are some other challenges? Um, that you've seen and some successes that you've seen from doing the work that you do with working with children who have various either low level anxiety or high level of mental health challenges. What are some challenges you've seen and some solutions you bring? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is um, some of the challenges. And I'm in Canada, uh, Toronto, which is a smaller um well, not a smaller place, but we invested a lot in mental health resources. So for us, the resources have to be culturally reflective of the community that we are serving. Um, too long, there's been a stigma in terms of support and help. People in the Black community have been bypassed and not given the full resources that they need so that they are able to deal with some of these mental health challenges and thrive as a community. What we're seeing now is an increase of mental health professionals of color that understand their community and can speak to and advocate for some of the services that we need. Um, When it comes to young children, I had a lot of challenges there too uh, because of resources. There are some areas in Toronto where mobile crisis, which is a service that any parent can call if they need support with their child in the home, the mobile crisis team will come to your home, sit there with you for two hours, try and problem solve and do some short-term counseling and then um, dispatch you to a space where you can get long-term support. Um, When I was doing mobile crisis, I noticed that there was one area, which is predominantly Black community, we weren't going to. We weren't dispatching our services to. And that really concerned me because why was the people of color communities excluded from this service. So when I started working there as a person of color, that's is when I started, well, you know, doing my own research. And I couldn't believe that they had communities excluded and they weren't even going into these communities to do any support. So I would just go to the school and see if I can get some support there. The other thing that I found besides resources is, uh, but now we're seeing this after the George Floyd uh, murder, an increase of therapists that are from different communities. Because traditionally, um, going for help or requesting help usually came through the church. 
when it came to a Christian or faith-based family. Now things are expanding and opening up where you're basically having therapists in your church, at the community center, at the mall, we're everywhere. (laughs) And I love that, that there's more access. So the stigma is decreased when you have different options of places you can go to get the support that you need. And in Canada, and I think we also modeled it after a place in the U.S., and I'm not really sure which city or country it is in the States, uh, maybe you might know, where we had non-police intervention, where you could have a mobile crisis team come out um, and help defuse the situation, and police will not be attached to the call. So, you know, they're just trying to find different ways to not criminalize someone that may have a mental health crisis um, in the community or in the existing area where people were mainly isolating themselves and not getting help. Now you can go to different areas where more people are engaging and interact and you could still connect with the mental health service. And I love that. Yes. Yeah. You shouldn't have to go to a hospital to get help. I think you should be able to go to your local doctor or your local community health clinic and still get support. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you're bringing up, you know, um, what happened after George Floyd and what are the needs that arose. And it sounds like you really are proactively doing what I like to call decolonizing mental health, going behind the scenes, making sure to advocate and doing that work. And that is something that, you know, we here at Kumba Health really value is mm-hmm. being able to match a person of color with a person who is looking for an affirming care. Because sometimes you're right, people will go to the church or they go to the synagogue. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have someone who has the language to know what to do, and you're just trying to process, I had several people reach out after George Floyd, who said, I just need someone who is not going to make me feel like seeing what happened again and again and again yeah. on the news is, 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 is just me or even Eric Garner, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, just feeling like that weight. So if you are tuning in and maybe your child is processing through those things, they can process it through, through art. They can yeah. reach out and you can look in the show notes to see how they can connect with Alethea and see how they can get additional support or if you are feeling like you're navigating and moving through, you know, come on out to one of the retreats that we have coming up so that you can just have some time to let your hair down because it can be so much to hold when you yeah. are really moving through. So as we come to our time, what is one tool that you recommend for a, you know, everyday superhero for a historically excluded executive or visionary who is listening in, you know, um, entry level to senior level. If you are someone who has a child or has a parent that you are just trying to understand how to hold space for them, but also how to find peace in your own mind and world. Or you might have a staff member that sometimes acts like a child. Let's get real. All kinds of layers, huh? What is something that you recommend as a tool to love up on yourself, to write that self-love letter to yourself, to take good care of yourself, to find peace in peaceless moments? 
That's a great question. And this is something that I practice all the time with my clients and I do it in my own private time. And that is mindfulness. And for me, mindfulness is just being present in the moment with our thoughts and, uh, you know, acknowledging that, you know, your feelings are there and that how you feel is valid. And I let people know that if you really believe that someone is suffering, then you're right. You're probably right. Sometimes we could feel these things when it's uh, a close um, loved one or family member. You know the differences when they're not feeling right. So mindfulness just gives us that time to just observe our thoughts, um, to check in with ourselves and to check in with our heart center. And I also tell people, um, yeah, just to have a lot of gratitude that you've discovered that there is an issue. I think so many times we're in so much denial, but when we really stay in touch with ourselves and in tune with our heart and how we're feeling about situations, it doesn't hurt to just say, you know what, I'm worried about the person and why don't I just investigate? And just that one thing of just being there and letting that person be aware of your presence, it does so much. It helps them build trust. And then eventually they will go to you. And even if you are with someone that is suffering right now, um, the best thing that we can do is just give them our support and let them know that we're there for them and that their feelings and the way that they feel is valid because so many times people have gone for help and they've been turned away or dismissed. So when someone tells me that they're worried or they're suffering, I pay attention and I lean in more. Absolutely. And so on that note, you know, let's take some action steps, right? I'm hearing one action step, which is take time to center yourself and listen into your heart. And as you heard things today, you know, that resonated for you or someone that you know, sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, that sounds terrible, but that isn't me. But there may be somebody is that you know, Mm -hmm. or maybe it is you, but you are coming to terms with that being true. Or maybe this is something that you're moving through yourself. Maybe it's just been a full day and your inner child is like, I just need a moment to exhale and play. Go ahead and tune in. Action step number one, tune in right now. Center yourself. Inhale the love. Let go what no longer serves you in this moment. Action step number two given by Alethea is to be able to reach out and look at support right? Her, you know, she's going to share her information in a moment with us. Um, You can go ahead and look in the show notes as well about how to connect, but reach out for support because there is power, there is strength in loving yourself enough to know that support is there. I like to say never drown in a sea of life jackets. And so Mm -hmm. in the spirit of that, sometimes we need to reach for a life jacket that is right here on the show today. So reach out, connect up, plug in, right? So you can rewrite your survival story as we started out with. And third, last but not least, hop on over to selfloveforsuperheroes.com. Stay connected, comment below, um, join so that you can get 
this show in your ear and get other tools and prizes and leave a review for the show that tells Aletha how much you loved it on LinkedIn. Reach out on Sacred Walker Speaks and reach Mm -hmm. out at her contact below. So make sure that you, one, tune in right now and embrace a mindful moment. Action step number two, connect in with Alethea and see how you can reach out for additional ways to get support and to shine. And step number three, connect with us at selfloveforsuperheroes.com and make sure that you can plug in and remember that when the game, when you remembered who you were, the game changed. So Alethea, could you go ahead and leave us with how we can find you, how we can connect with you, what kind of people you are looking to connect with, and any final thoughts for our show today? Yes. So if people, people want to find me, my full name is Alethea Kedora. I post mental health strategies and I do a lot of posting on mindful leadership and you can reach me on LinkedIn. If you want to connect with me on IG, please do so at minds. I like that is all one word. M I N D S I L I K E. You can also connect with me on my Facebook page. Minds. I like, and if you want, you can check on my website, which is minds. I like, Beautiful, beautiful. And what song comes to mind in your heart right now as we come to our time? If you, if if there was a a letter being written on your heart right now as we pour into the close of the show and people are commenting and liking and sharing their reviews below, what is the song that comes into your heart that you want to leave with our listeners before we go? Oh my gosh, I was just looking at this wonderful woman who is at the Met Gala wearing a beautiful outfit, Lizzo. And Mm -hmm. her song is, Has Anybody Told You Today? You're special. I love that song. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So just remember from Alethea's lips to Lizzo's to yours. And Lizzo, if you're hearing this, we're giving you a shout out. We would love to connect with you. Has anyone told you today to remember that you were special because when she remembered who she was, the game changed. Love Nation, great tuning in with you too. Blessings to you all. Self-love, self-care, and success. Talk with you soon.